0: Hello. Hello.
1: Uh, so this is uh, technically episode three. Um, we're just hitting you with them really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If you listen to this straight after the other one, maybe, maybe you're not, maybe you took a week or two and maybe it feels like this is the right time to be listening to it. Um, for this episode, we are catching up to to discuss uh, more about art and design with Beth Bate, who's the director of Dundee Contemporary Arts Centre. Um, and we chat around you know, how her... Thoughts are around design within a, uh, an art gallery, and also what the difference between art and design is for her, and where the crossovers are. Really kind of interesting stuff. There's a bit of a tangent in there as well.
0: We kind of we kind of throw in a, a bit of a, a, a late conversation. Um, yeah, we touch think. on on the games industry, uh, which is something we actually touched on the previous episode as mm. well, which is quite interesting that we both went on, off on that tangent. Um,
1: well, it, it, yeah, it was it was in my head, I think. Um, so, uh, kind of interested to see what other people's thoughts are on it as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, and then the sort of the, the, the second half of of the episode is um, a whole load of of thoughts and opinions and voices from people that we chatted to, um, sort of in situ at the V and A. Um, The majority of them being young people and getting their thoughts on what design is and also the the sort of the differences between art and design for them. Um, But that's it. Shall we push the button? Yeah, push the
2: button.
1: So um, we're joined by Beth Bate from DCA, Director of DCA in Dundee. Um, And So we've kind of been chatting about uh, art and design um, and how there may or may not be a difference. And we thought it would be a a, a good opportunity to bring in somebody who's very, very familiar with the world of of, of art um, and uh, kind of see what what, 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 uh, your opinion might be about that. So art or design? Is it
3: a choice? Yeah, is it? A a binary option. It was funny, I was thinking about having this chat with you today and and having uh, conversations with a couple of people leading up to it. And it's funny because people always, it's actually one of those questions that a lot of people have quite strong opinions on. And uh, the thing that kind of got mentioned the most was, well, designers solve problems. Um, Artists ask questions and designers solve problems. And um, and as soon I, I realised as I was listening to people um, say things like that, which I which I can completely understand where where, where um, people are coming from. But as soon as as soon as I hear that, I start thinking of all the exceptions I can think of <laughs> to all of those rules. And I love it when artists solve problems, and I love it when designers ask questions. So it didn't seem to quite hold up um, that. That that very binary. Well, this is art and this is design because we're doing very different things. And I think for me, the fascinating area is where um, it gets very it's very blurred.
1: I think that's the same for for us and what we do. We we like that 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 blurred area between things. But part of what we have to do as well as a studio is we have to kind of educate our. clients sometimes you know talk about what design is and try to 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 make them understand the value of what it is we do And, and sometimes that it's not just an aesthetic that we produce and it's more than that and and i think that's when trying to educate about what design is kind of struggle to kind of define it in that realm of what is what is art and what is design and and how they see it and i think um although that blurred area exists it's it's not helpful.
3: <laughs> I guess the question would be: Why is it important to define it? Why? Why? Uh, and that's a really kind of lame way of dodging the question completely, perhaps. But but why um, the need for definition? And I do. And I think people should be able to self self define. Um, that that but that need for definition is important for who? I mean, you've been talking about the importance with your clients and being able to educate them about about the way that y- you work. But being it, you found it important then to understand uh, to get them to understand what design can be.
0: I mean, it's good within yourself to, to mm. sometimes have that ability to describe yourself really easily and quickly. And if mm. you identify as a designer or as an artist, mm-hmm. then it's a very easy way. But if you say to someone, oh, what do you do? I'm a designer. Mm. That inevitably leads to the next 10 questions about what you design, what you do, yeah. um, what that actually looks like. And then I think a lot of it is is getting that to fit within someone else's mental model mm. of how the world works, if you like. Mm. Um, so I think that the, the definition of it is often more useful for the externals than, than for yourself.
3: Mm. And it would be the same with artists. If someone says, well... I'm an artist, then probably the next 10 questions are, well, what kind of work do you make mm. and where do you show and do you have a studio and um, how do you make money and <laughs> where, do, yeah, where does your work end up? Um, and those, uh, those answers are, are different for every artist, um, as there are our artists <laughs> in the world. There's, um, those rules are you know, there are there are certain things I guess you could draw upon in terms of one's background and one's training and the education um, that you might have come through, um, whether you've been through a design school or an art school. But again, as soon as you start putting those kind of parameters on it, um, you can think of dozens of artists who have not been to art school, and some really great designers who haven't had that that same background either. So, um, and I and maybe this <laughs> maybe this is a maybe this is an art thing, guys. I love the slipperiness of it. I love, I love it when I love the projects that so we come across where, um, uh, where we, yeah, where people work in that blue area. And you say it's not helpful, but I wonder who it's not helpful for.
1: It's it's helpful for the work to work yeah. in that sort of area to to create really interesting, exciting things. I think some of what I mean, what we were talking about before, they were talking about sort of designers perhaps solve solve problems, and artists ask questions. Mm. But I think there's another element of that in there which is about rules Mm. and i think but it kind of you know designers tend to work very much within a set of 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 rules whether Mm -hmm. they break them or not Mm. um or 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 choose to 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 stick to them probably more so than artists Mm. but i think artists use rules once they maybe define what it is that they're trying Mm. to to produce whereas designers often start with a set of rules for us when you're working with a client you want to take them through it as a process. It's it's when you don't get that, that process the way you feel it should be and then you delve into why it is that the person doesn't see the process that you want to go through and they just see it as like I I commission you to do some design and you produce me some visuals and I'll have them tomorrow and that'll be all great but you see it as right I have to take the problem and then I have to look at what I need to do and then there has to be a series of there's a series of rules we have to kind of follow around that and then we'll create some wireframes and that'll explore that and then eventually somewhere down the line we'll produce some visuals
3: Mm. and And then you'll get to see what this may look like even though you think that's this thing that's going to come up with straight away exactly. so there's a frame there's quite a there's a framework within within which you're operating
1: yes i yeah. think that
3: the, the 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 word client is such an interesting one and it's one which is a which is such a driver behind so many design projects and and so much design work and that idea of of um facilitating a relationship with someone someone else who. Mm. Wants something, and of course, there's that part of me that say, "Well, not all projects are, 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 you know, initiated by an external person." But, but the um, the large amount of of, um, uh, of of design work tends tends to draw on the idea of the client and think and has to has to consider Mm. the client but in doing so if you were to swap the terminology around and think about audiences and or you think about the career of an artist and um and they are commissioned by somebody or they're invited to make an exhibition with somebody and that relationship with with um with the client and the uh, is, is it's not dissimilar to the one that we're just perhaps describing with a with a designer but i think that the way it's and the way it's executed is very is is very is very different and there's something less about service and actually something uh, which is which i guess is the terminology you would get into thinking about how designers work with clients providing a service um to the way that for example, if you're asking an artist to come and make a show in an art in an art gallery, and yes, what they're doing is providing a service in many, in many different ways, um, but I think there's a different emphasis on that. That relationship works s- slightly differently, and of course, I will then think of fifty examples where that's not the case. Well,
0: I mean, I think yeah. uh, that's really true. That that customer, client, mm. relationship, commissioner, whoever whatever you want, it, you're going to call that, but um, it often well i think more often than not with design is that the, the client has a very vested interest in the output mm. so they will say they can have a very subjective opinion on that as well so they can say ah oh, actually i don't think that works i don't like that color whereas i would imagine i don't have much experience of it but if you were to then have that sort of that, that conversation probably wouldn't happen with an artist that you can't quite have that sort of because you don't the, the output at the end of that process for a client is generally something that they will then go and use themselves, or it will represent their business, or it will help them gain more business. Whereas that that relationship is very different if you're mm-hmm. commissioning a, a show or a, mm-hmm. an exhibition.
3: And and of course everyone um, will work in, with artists in slightly different ways. And I, and I come at this from an institutional point of view, and the way we invite artists to come and work with us um, uh, can vary from seeing a particular piece of work by an artist that, that we know. Uh, will work for us in the city that we want to bring to the city that might not have been seen in Dundee or in Scotland before. Or it may be a very open invitation to someone to say, we love your work, we'd love you to come and do something new here. And that process of working with that artist, sometimes over a year or two years, while they shape their ideas and shape their um, shape what's going to be shown, is a very different one from saying, actually, we're going to take that piece of work and recontextualize it mm-hmm. here. And... Um, and the shades in between, in between, in between all of all of that as well. So there's a the way you can work with artists vary. I'm speaking just from an institutional point of view and a commissioning point of view, um, can vary, but they tend to be within those within those parameters. But I was thinking on the the way over here this morning about um, the, the the projects that I've. I've come across recently that I've I've particularly enjoyed that have revelled in the blurring of those boundaries. And I was thinking of the um, uh, design uh, exhibition Scotland that Susanna Beaumont worked on uh, in Edinburgh, which invited artists and designers to, um, to uh, create products, essentially, essentially to create objects. Um, and that featured people who are absolutely... Would classify themselves as artists and as visual artists, and people like Rachel Adams and Andrew Miller, through to uh, people who are absolutely from the from would see themselves as 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 designers and people like um, Good Design, who we've worked with over at DCA as well. Uh, All um, all exploring the crossover and the um, uh, the, I guess the different. the different skills and qualities that they, as artists or designers, bring to creating objects, which were shown as part of an of an exhibition. Now that's a very specific type of design, and it's something which is which is product based, as opposed to process or service or anything online and etc. So, uh, but I, I did I did love the way that um, that people from very different backgrounds uh, were were I guess were given were approached in the same way and were asked to work in the same way as each other there was a um yeah there was an equality in that
1: i think i think probably i mean again coming back down to education and how we how we sort of explain what it is that we do and it's how how people perceive what design is and they often just see it through this glamour aspect and that, that kind of worries me and i see it happening often um and 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 i see it you know, kind of it's, it's around us at the moment and it's it's this, this sort of glamorization of design as a kind of luxury item or a luxury thing that um, that then makes it harder to explain to people what the real values of what design is, the process, that, that, that sort of aspect of things. And I guess that kind of comes down to how you exhibit design as well mm-hmm. and, and how you exhibit it within a, a context of a gallery or, or or a museum. Um and do you do you show just no, within within art, for example, you can just show the finished piece of art, mm. and then you you as the person looking at it, you can you can start to um, take what you want from it and and understand it the way you wish to see it. Whereas design isn't like that. It's kind of if you're exhibiting it, you're trying to exhibit a solution to again to mm. a problem, and if you can't, and and often the process that goes into that is just as important as mm. the as the the piece that's that's available. Um, and I, and I worry that we we don't show that properly. Mm. Uh, so I guess between art and design, do you see a difference between how you exhibit the two? It's in,
3: it's interesting, with, yeah. showing showing the workings out. And I was thinking there's a Annie Albers show, which is on at the moment at Tate, who did incredible work with, with textiles. But I was also thinking of the Sonia Delaunay show that was on there uh, at, at, at Tate Modern last year. And Sonia, um, who worked in Europe in the, in the early part of uh, last century who's who's was an was an was an abstract artist and her work however included everything from um she did spray bodywork on cars in the later part of the century through to textiles and homeware and uh, clothing and crockery, alongside all of her incredible paintings and drawings, and with those big archive shows that they produced there, then you know, as much of the fascination was seeing the beautiful Finnish objects that she made, and with, and with her with her her partner, quite a team. Um, that seeing the sketches and the things that didn't ever come to fruition, and the almost, yeah, you know, the things that almost worked before they decided yeah. to go down a different avenue, and um, was was for me, and well, for all audiences, I'm sure, as 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 fascinating um, as as seeing the as seeing the finished works, and the, you know, and there is a tradition of of showing. Um, the you know, the the cartoons. You think of Raphael's cartoons in the mm. V&A, or through to you know studies for, and you can see sketches of hands and feet before people do the finished. You know, you see the finished work, and then you can kind of do that amazing thing of looking. You know, artist sketchbooks are fas are yeah. fascinating, and um, and have been you know there have been shows uh, even quite re- recently within within Scotland, and people are showing artists' notebooks and artist sketchbooks. You know, and they are admittedly under. And glass and in vitrines, because people people do love to see that. But it's much easier with archival shows, I think, or shows of of artists who's um, uh, uh, who maybe are no longer with us. Or uh, there's that, but there is this body of work that's been made available through yeah, that's been made available through a foundation or, or from their relatives. Whereas it was, I think that the focus on the the finished product for more maybe for more contemporary shows, people who are still living and living and working now. Um maybe there is less maybe there is less emphasis um on seeing that, although I know people always love seeing artists' sketches. Do you awesome. say you
0: say that um it, it becomes easier to do that after I mean after a, an artist or a designer has passed away. But I mean do you think that's because too, we're too protective of that process and of the unfinished?
3: That's a really good question. I think that there's certainly, um, after... An artist has passed away, and there may be a huge body of archival material, which is then with the family, and um, or with a you know maybe with a foundation they've set up to look after uh, that artist's work after they've died. Um, that there's a um, not always, but there is often a real willingness to, for that to be seen and to be shared as much as possible to get a sense of the person as a whole and the practice as a whole. Um, whereas uh, I think. Uh, it's it does feel slightly different when artists are perhaps still living that's not to say people won't ever do that there's always <laughs> exceptions as we know um, but i think that the um i think people are more concerned with showing their work that this is where i am at now this is what's you know we may be we, even doing a retrospective but i want this to feel like a coherent whole and it won't be perhaps until sometime after that that we'll we'll get to dive into those letters and those sketch pads and those um those those drawings I was at Whitechapel Gallery in London um, in October, and I was looking some of the archive material they have there, relating to um, the first staging of um, uh, Jackson Pollock's work uh, in the UK in the 50s, which was which was led by uh, what by Whitechapel. Uh, and the letters surrounding that were just uh, were were incredible. And the, but the things I loved as much as hearing about you know, his work and and the relationship with the artist was the conversations between Whitechapel and Tate, for example, and talking about how long it was going to take them to install a show. And I was like, oh, they did a turnaround in eight days. And I was to install Jackson Pollock. And I think we have a squeeze with 11 days (laughs) because cast back 50 or 60 years, finding it fascinating that just to get a sense of how those organisations were working. Um, and that's about, you know, that's about exhibition design and about exhibition process. And I have I would love to see something about that. There's probably an amazing archive show, yeah, to draw on all the materials that have been produced over the years. Um, and these were, you know, handwritten letters from the 50s going back and forth three times a day with the London Post. I'd love, I'd love to be able to start to unpack some of that. And that would be a show about art and about artists, but about exhibition design as well. Fascinating.
1: I mean, that's, that's a really interesting one, because one of the things that came up in our um, chats uh, previous to this was about, you know, the the role of design within that, within exhibitions in mm. art and how, you, how, you know, you know, do you get a well designed, can you have a well designed, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong
0: with me today, I can't get words <laughs> out of my mouth. Can, can you have a well designed piece of art?
3: Oh, that's a really nice question, it. absolutely yeah and a really artful piece of design <laughs> but and
0: I mean and maybe it comes to a sort of wider question where we this is something that we've, we've chatted about um with people as well, is that is there a role for and is there a space and a place for design within a contemporary art center?
3: yeah, without a, without a, without a doubt.
0: Okay uh, so, so how, how does that how does how that does work that How man- does that manifest itself yeah, yeah
3: um. I guess there's a there are a couple of ways that immediately spring to mind. Um, and yes if you're thinking about exhibitions and exhibition spaces, the role of design is incredibly important but you're thinking about um, the journey of a person of a, of a body as they arrive in a space what information they need at what point to help them. Navigate that. Is that information given to them? What information is given to them previously online? What information is given to them, written on the wall? The text that might be handed out to them. The briefing that we would give staff working in that space. There is a personal element to that as well. And then the physical layout of those spaces is 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 considered incredibly carefully, and it's absolutely about um, thinking about visitor experience which is a kind of incredibly overused term but it's but it's the basics of, of of what we do how can we show um work which an artist has made in the best possible way for that artist and for our audiences on often an incredibly limited budget so thinking about the experience of someone coming into a space is is uh, is ab- is absolutely up there as one of the key as one of the key priorities. And that to me is 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 design. That's thinking about uh, you're thinking about the what the purpose of the show, what the work is trying to do, what the artist trying to do, and how do we best communicate that to an uh, an audience member in a way that's uh, that's comfortable and straightforward
0: and the people. I mean, one of the things sort of touched on was the labels. Mm. Um, I may love to put labels on things and people and roles Mm. and responsibilities and so the people who are doing those the the, the sort of things you're talking about there are they call that designers do they identify as designers
3: there are i mean and there are x there are there is such a job as being an exhibition designer and an amazing organizations and companies that you, you can um you can buy the services of bigger maybe nationals might have those kind of uh, those very specific skills built in uh, but within an organization like dca and for many other contemporary arts centers um that's that uh, is part of uh, the team who put put on the exhibitions, the team who make the exhibitions. So it'd be a central part of the curator's role, but also about how the exhibitions manager and the team of technicians work together, and it'll be about how um, uh, that might work with uh, the learning team and the comms team. So it's quite a group, a kind of a group collective effort to make sure it will work for audiences. But it's, part, it's an integral part of how someone will, will curate a show is to think about what happens to a person when you walk into this space. What do we need them to feel here, see here, and know at this point all the way along? Um, and the best, um, the I, I feel that like the best processes, the times when that works really well is when is when it can be quite open. And there is an there is an openness to accept different ways of doing things, or to well, what happens if we take that out and move that over here? And we need to try this there, and that, that we can. There's a flexibility there um, that's managed by the exhibition curator, but there has to be. It's why exhibition install periods can take quite a long time. You have a very set idea about how you think a show is going to work, and then you start to place it, and you're like, oh, "It's not going to work like this at all, is it?" And, and you know, and in, and in that moment, you need to be able to be very. You need you need to be very flexible. And I love it when we're having conversations in the space about, mm, I think actually that needs to go here, then this could work. And if we move back back there, then that could be more interesting. So you need a team who are very open and up for that as well. But that's genuinely just one of the best bits of the job. It's a great thing to be able to do.
0: Because I think that the, that's what we're saying is that there are these skills that, don't necessarily only live mm. within the realms of design, but also cross over into art, mm. and that those that a designer will have artistic skills, that a, mm. an artist will have design led skills, that a, a curator, that all these other roles and things that support artists and designers, that mm. it's essential that these skills are sort of disseminated throughout these mm. other roles so that they help increase understanding how do they they help the, the sort of overall output and end product as well mm. and i think that is also what will lead to the blurring of the lines between the two as those skills sort of float mm. between and as we learn more and more
3: and i think there's something you know and we haven't even started to talk about you know the, the the massive amount of design work um the stuff that you would think of as more straightforward design within dca which is the work that we have done on our website that we have done and on all of our print and uh, marketing material and uh, you know that's 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 the bulk, <laughs> I guess, of what happens within the organisation. And that's absolutely central in terms of how we think about what we do and the messages we want to give and how we're going to convey those to to, to different audiences. And that's, in many ways, that's the kind of bread and butter of the design work within the organisation, as it is for, for, for many others, I suspect. But it's it's um, particularly with an organisation which has so many different... Program strands. We have our print studio. We have cinema. We have um, we have our exhibitions. We have a learning program. We have shop. We have jute. There's so much going on in terms of message, packaging and messaging. All of that is quite is, can be quite complex. Um, and so, being very clear about what we want from a design point of view, as well as being able to find your way around the building, um, is is absolute is absolutely key. But I think that the, the, the I think the question. You, the point you've made there, Ryan, is really useful to think about the role that design and uh, and an understanding of visual culture and of a visitor experience, um, the way that those those skills cross over into so many different parts of people's jobs, and it's why particularly when you know I know in in you know in the southern parts of the UK they're seeing massive fall off in people taking apart subjects, for example um, and and the range of uh, you know in terms of social diversity, the number of people who, and and the range of people who are taking apart subjects at university is decreasing so it becomes the preserve of the of the few or or, or those who can sustain themselves to through potentially a precarious career. but really, making the case for for visual culture and for design and for art in people's understanding of the world because you doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go and be an artist or you're going to go and be a designer it means that you have an understanding of that that you can bring to so many other so many other jobs and and use that successfully in you know in a career which may be very different to being an artist or a or a designer but an understanding of of that way of thinking is key for so many roles
0: obviously we've, we've talked about this centralized around around DCA eh? mm. um, but I want to look at it in a slightly different context so if you we were to say obviously we've got a, a brand new design museum so what do you feel is the role of art within that design museum
3: within the VNA itself mm-hmm. um, I think that what they've chosen to do in terms of inviting artists to respond to the collection is a yeah is a, a, a really brilliant way of involving contemporary art and contemporary artists in their program and you know and they're certainly not the first to do that and not certainly not the first even within the city McManus has got a long history of com- commissioning contemporary artists to respond directly uh to, to to the collection and to and to make new work or to do unusual placings and I think that it's, it's a validation of the fact that contemporary artists have uh, you know an, an interesting take on things and a, and and a different way to perhaps looking at collections or processes that we might you know that we that, that, you know way that ways that we might take for granted but they'll come and do something quite quite different um so i, I welcome it and i welcome it the fact that they um have got people who you know, the, the way that contemporary art and the commissions that they have within the building um, are are blended in as part of the building and part of the exhibitions and part of the experience, and it starts to build a contemporary art story within within the city um, that sits that sits alongside and kind of intrinsically linked part of the design story that's there as well.
1: Like I think one of the things with the V&A that I've noticed is is, is that people have been saying, oh, the galleries are quite small, mm. but to me, the building itself is 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 the most fantastic piece of design. You know, so so that is like one of the the most interesting artifacts within within the museum mm. for me. Is literally like...
3: stepping well, arriving and seeing the building, and to mm. the to the moment that you walk, um, you know, to the big court outside it, the moment you're walking into the building and you're in there for the first time all of that is about understanding and experiencing design it's it's it doesn't start, your design experience doesn't start the minute you cross into Scottish design galleries, you have already by that point experienced yeah. something um, pretty phenomenal yeah.
1: and the way it plays, you know, it, it, it I've never been in a building that plays with the surrounding area as much mm. and as well as that building mm. does and I I'm I'm not one to kind of be full of you know unnecessary superfluous uh, but it's it is a I think it's a, it's an amazing piece of design. But let me let me go on a tangent because we're going to go on a tangent before and get away from galleries and things like that. So yeah. um, one of the things that we were kind of chatting about uh, previously, and it'd just be interesting to get your uh, thoughts on this as well, is that within within the commercial world of art and design. One of the things that's very, very us quite a lot here is sort is video games and and the use of of development of video games within the city, mm. uh, here, and 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 worldwide. And I think one of the starting points to some of this chat was, for us, the feeling that video games misunderstand, the art and design to the point where they might refer to to, um, uh, UI artists it's somebody coming into a user interface,
0: mm. in an art term. But designer doesn't really exist in that context. the The term designer, although a lot of the things that that some people will be doing is is very much mm. design and process driven. It's referred to as art, and it's yeah, yeah. art
3: design and yeah and and the, and the art director for different projects and different organisations. Yeah, and the and, and art covering a yeah can cover a huge amount. The art director from one organisation will be a very different thing to one in a yeah a video gaming company perhaps.
0: Because, I mean, art directors do do exist within the context of design agencies. Mm. Um, But then, to me, that makes me think that they're more focused on the aesthetic Mm. um, and maybe not so much on the on the process or the strategy behind that mm. but then I don't know if that's necessarily fair to someone Is
3: that the case with those large regions? I know it's interesting the way that you talk about you know, having a UI artist come in for example but that that whole process is is one long design process and so is them just having ad designer it's been broken down into such specific stages that, this is, that they have very specific names for that particular thing that they're going to be But then doing. I think the,
0: the problem with the term UI artist is that it's a it's a bit of a conflict of terms. so if you're creating a user interface, it is a design process that's backed up by data and um information in a brief and all that, and like whereas I don't see that as much as a role of, a, of an artist. so mm. p- pairing those two things together seems very strange for me.
3: but then it's I guess it's something which is so prevalent within the design sector, and particularly within, I just think in my experience of working with larger agencies sometimes, that, the, yeah, that the, the word artist is used there, but it is it has a very different context to perhaps an artist that we would show in an exhibition space. But does
1: that, I mean, it does that add to the confusion, right? I'm kind of bringing it back to the education thing again, thinking about how we kind of teach people about what it is, mm-hmm. designers and what it is, art is, it, does that does that add to the confusion around that? Are we making things unnecessarily complicated?
3: I wonder if you asked that UI artist, you know, in the kind of the question that when, you, when they meet someone for the first time, you know, outside of an art and design context, they meet someone at, I don't know, meet their partner's parents for the first time. They're like, what do you do? Do they say, I'm an artist?
1: Well, they've
3: say they were a UI artist. I, I bet they would probably, if you needed to simplify that down even mm. more, you, people would probably say, "Oh, I help design video games." Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what that's... you would say to your nan. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a question: How do you explain what you do to your nan? <laughs> oh, well, I help artists make art. Does I it mean, be like, like what's I what, Exactly. Well, yeah, you'd probably get you probably get a sense maybe, but yeah. Probably wouldn't say I'm a UI artist. It's a, it's a, it's quite a specific terminology that is understood within the sector, mm-hmm. but outside of that, they would say oh, I work for a video de- games design company. Well, within
1: the sector of design and, and, and in the sector of like things, we would refer to always as a UI designer, UI UX designer. Okay. So, so it, it it's a term that exists only within within the video game industry in itself. Is that right? And I I, 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 this kind of came from a conversation I had with somebody that worked in video games. Um, and we had a fairly long and particularly heated discussion um, about this. And and I said, no, it's not a UI artist. You no, know, that doesn't work. That's an oxymoron in a way. It's like it doesn't. Like if the design process is is a solving problem process, then then the way you're explaining it there is is about um, bring it down to you know they were mean, long story short, video game UI tend to be terrible, um, and I was trying to get to the bottom of why why they were really bad. It's a very sweeping s- statement
3: there. See, so is it more about the fact that you didn't think they should have the word artist in your name because you think they're terrible? No, no, no. <laughs> is that uh, what we're no, getting no, no,
1: to? No no no, 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 no. That's that's taken the wrong way. No, what I was meaning is that the process was wasn't wasn't the process for for developing uh, video game user interfaces is often. Uh, is it a
3: classic design process?
1: It's not following the classic design process. So it's not following the classic design process that's been used in many other industries around design. Um, they've kind of created their own process for, for doing video games, which tends to come from a visual first. And I'm not saying that that's why it's art. It's just that that's, that's often how... What will happen is maybe somebody who, who's been making character models or doing something mm-hmm. has finished their role. So they will then become the ui artist you know so they'll there's not the same level and that that's maybe in smaller games bigger game studios don't they've they've started to see the process of doing a design a user interface so so my sweeping statement doesn't stand isn't is a a leaky bucket in some (laughs) senses but but within the smaller studios the ones that the ones that, that that it's probably more important in some ways for them to get things right because they're struggling to keep up with the bigger ones they're getting it wrong by using, by by not understanding the processes correctly. Um, and that starts with language and it starts with this understanding of what art is and what design is. And, and that, that was what I was trying to get to in my conversation. So there
3: should be but, more understanding of what the design processes applied to that particular part of the...
1: Yeah, and I think it it needs to start earlier in their process and it needs to start as a fundamental and what happens is it becomes an additional thing so it becomes something they add on at the end so they do the rest of it and then somebody comes down and puts on the the interface.
3: So why does it matter? Why would it be different if it was different? Because like you were
1: saying about leading people through galleries and exhibitions Mm. and stuff, you have to think that process through so you have to be able to say right this is how they're going to go and this is the experience they're going to have and this is the touch points they're going to have and blah, blah 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 but within a lot of a lot of these sort of digital entertainment formats is literally like the the thought is like how does the how does the game work how does the how does the experience in the game work and then that's not that's almost seen as separate to the experience of mm. the person accessing it mm. you know and it's
0: kind of suppose <laughs> to give it another example would be to say okay we're gonna we're gonna bring on board someone to design our website but we've already done it you just need to like put a visual style on it
3: okay so it's just very it's just someone coming in to do the cherries on the top
0: that yeah that I mean I think that's the problem with that sort of mm. perception is that design is, is the aesthetic I see but it's it, it should be rooted a lot deeper mm. than that mm. um, and so that it should be part of the thought processes it should be part mm. of the development it should be part of the speaking to the users mm. um, and then that it sort of weaves its way through the whole process to the finished product, which will then finish as a as a visual style and as a,
3: Cause it's a product. thinking about the design process. It was some tech companies, and in my partner works for a tech company here in the city, and I was, um, and who wouldn't who would absolutely not see himself as a designer because he's he's not, but he's a he's a project manager, and they manage these large apps. But the, what they're going through and the way that they're thinking about how those are operated and how those are used and what the user experience is. They are using um, tools which which come from a design, well, they've, they've come through the tech sector, but I see them as being very kind of uh, ha- having a huge amount to do with design because they are thinking about the experience of the person from the very first time that logged onto the app, what happens. And it used to be when it was doing more website stuff, it was about how many clicks is it for that person to get through here? And they're yeah. constantly trying to make that particular journey as short and as easy as possible and you know it's kind of works with a he spends very well, he spends a lot of time sitting on slack and whatever but i mean the majority of the work seems to be in post it notes <laughs> kind of how does this work here? um and you know he's an it project manager but that's but those are design that to my mind that's the design process they're going through because they're constantly having to think how how are we guiding this person at this point to do what we need them to do and to do what they need to do and get the and get the you know a kind of a, a sensible outcome um And uh, I don't think they would, um, I doubt they have someone there who's called an artist. So, I mean, (laughs)
1: that's, that's what we mean in that sense, in that bigger industry sense. They don't do it, but within a a, sorry,
0: yeah. But I I mean, I think that it's having those skills like embedded, Mm. um, whether you whether you call yourself a designer or not, or whether you're using, like using those tools is what's valuable. Mm. Um, And I think the more and more places we can get those embedded, whether that's Mm. in organisations, whether it's on a a city wide level, Mm. um, so that there is that sort of thinking and process Mm. that validates everything, that checks Mm. it all, that engages users, that that sort of builds more valuable things for Mm. people. Um. So, yeah, well, I'm interested because I, I think that that's a, a view that that we share. But I mean, is there something like a, a sort of equivalent from an art background that you would love to see embedded more generally
3: within organisations more widely?
0: Um. Yeah, within organisations, within the sort of wider city context.
3: Mm. I was thinking um, about uh, the work of a, an artist and a designer who defined himself as both uh, called Bruno Minari who uh, had a a brilliant slogan which underpins all of the work that our learning team do at DCA so the learning team always talk about see, think, make, do and that's with all of the the creative activity that's programmed at at the organisation and uh, we're asking people to look more carefully at things to look at what we're showing them in galleries and cinema Um, we're asking them uh, to look around them much more widely, uh, not just within the building, but to, 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 but to have a look, to, to look. Um, and then to consider, and as a process of consideration, we can help give people a framework for that consideration and, and, and things that they might want to think about in connection with this or that. Um, and then the making is a really important part. So you make something as a response to that, and that's a really important part of the print studio work we do, as well as lots of the creative activities that we programme in the building and off-site um, and the doing is about sharing and about presenting that then so where does that then go and live um and this is a uh, this is a, um, a you know very it's a, it's a straightforward way of underpinning everything we do will fit will fit into that and I love that because it's um I, it's relevant to artists I love it because it's relevant to designers um uh, but I think it's uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a maxim which, could be well employed by everybody actually because the seeing and the thinking can sometimes get forgotten about in the process of trying to make and to do Um, or um, there's a lot of seeing done perhaps without thinking and then just a, a speeding trying to get the get the done bit right at the end but actually proper consideration to each one of those is incredibly is incredibly important and it's about enriching one's experience and
2: uh
4: the world around you I'm uh Kean Roche, I'm the managing director at Puny Astronaut. We're a a puny little game design studio, uh development studio based in Dundee. I'm working on our first game called Sky.
0: So I mean what, what is design to you?
4: Um I suppose finding a creative solution to a problem. Um with kind of the intention of meeting whatever the requirements of that design might be. So in our case, obviously, it's um, we're trying to craft a a really relaxing and engrossing experience and we're trying to find the most interesting and um, kind of enthralling way of doing that, I suppose. And like I think f- for our field in particular with game development, because there are so many people in the space at the moment, there are th- thousands and thousands of all these amazing creative ideas and you're trying to find ones that aren't cliché or played out. Um, you're trying to iterate on, on those previous ideas as well and kind of, like, stand on the shoulders of all the people that came before you. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's quite an, an ephemeral idea, I suppose, design. Um, but, yeah, it's like, kind of, you're finding creative solution to a problem and trying to surprise people in, in how you uh, go about doing that.
0: So where do you feel that, that the line is between art and, and design?
4: <laughs> like i know, I think I have quite strong opinions on this um like there'd be there'd be many people that would say that the line um appears as soon as you charge money for it um which I think is a bit reductive and a bit dismissive um
0: so, so just to clarify that art should be free and design you should pay for
4: possibly yeah that might be <laughs> that might be the majority opinion yeah at least among artists um yeah, no, I've just spoken to a lot of people who um yeah there there's a this complete kind of wide array of opinions really um I think there are definitely, like, it's it's unquestionable that there are there are plenty of uh, games and kind of interactive experiences out there, and the goal goal is to make you pay money, and that's um, just so shallow. Like, there's there's art there, but I think it's completely mired or obfuscated by that drive to you know it has to make money, it has to just get the money out of your pocket, Um, and it makes it quite hostile as an art form. Those those pieces of work. Um, and then there are ones that are kind of just happy that you um, stopped by really I'm happy that you you've interacted with them and the money is there to you know in the kind of the purest sense to support that studio and and let them keep um, creating products um, I think the line would be you what what is your intention um, with your work is it is it purely to um, make a profit um, is it is it just to get you know, maximize your profit as much as you can and that at that stage like it it gets really really um, <laughs> Uh, uh, I think dirtied almost like muddied by, um, by that intention and then if your intention is yes I, obviously I need to make money to be able to support the studio and to keep um, producing products but um, the way I want to do that is by creating a, a really interesting um, surprising experience for the player and make them form any kind of emotional connection with my, with my work um, I think that's, that's art in its purest form is trying to elicit an emotional response from your audience um, so I think, I, like, if there is a line, I think that's where I'd say it was. It, it's purely about your intention with your work.
5: Um, I'm Polly Ivanova. Um, I'm from Edinburgh, around Claremeston. I think the thing that I love about design is that people can tell a story and express themselves through... Different things. So, if it's paintings or fashion or writing, I think it it really it gives them a way to maybe if they can't put it into words, they can put it into drawings or fashion. I'm Cirisha. I just graduated from the art and philosophy course at DJCAD and i make sculptures installations and um, performances photography i'm still trying to figure out what the hell i'm doing
0: but you would you would call yourself an artist i
5: would call myself an artist yeah
0: okay so what do you feel is the differences between art and design
5: um i think i always probably would have answered that question with well design is more marketed towards a, um a customer um whereas art is just sort of by the artist for the artist. But I think seeing what you guys have been doing has probably um, made me realise that that might not necessarily be true.
0: So do you feel there is a, a, a proper distinction between what is art and what is design, or is it more fluid? Or how, how do you see those two disciplines and how they overlap, if at all?
5: I think they're definitely is an overlap and it's a lot more fluid than, um, yeah, like I say, I always would have thought. Um, I think in my head, when I when I think about design and art, there's sort of like a, an image of the two and design would be super sort of slick and defined and refined, whereas art is just sort of like a, a little bit of a jumble. Um, but I guess increasingly the two are very intertwined, especially I think with with illustration um, particularly is probably um, the sort of sp- specific discipline that I think has made me realise that the two are um, slightly more interlinked because it is, I guess expressive, I guess expressive is the word that I'd always associate with art, um, whereas it's becoming more clear to me that design can also be expressive, it doesn't have to be this clear cut. Um, regimented thing that's specifically done for a specific client. Camilla
1: and I'm Andrew. So we're looking at uh, finding out what design means to different people. Um, so what, what does design? Do you do you know much about design? No. No. Do you do you, what do you think of the building you're in just now?
2: I don't know.
6: I think it's amazing. It's a fantastic space, really nicely designed. So
1: so what, what is design to you? You run a small studio, you said? So.
6: Yeah, d- uh, design is, well, it touches everybody's life in every day, in every way, doesn't it? So whether you're touching a piece of design jewellery, a piece of design clothes, some designed cutlery, or you're in a designed building...
5: Designed fabric, yeah.
6: fabric, yeah, uh-huh. that's, yeah. Or you read a book that's been designed, or you get a ticket from for an event that's been designed.
5: Telephone.
6: Telephone's been designed, absolutely. So I guess everything we touch every single day is designed. It,
1: it's quite a design's quite a broad term now. It's like a, it's something that means lots of things to to different people, um, and and one of the things we've kind of we've we've noticed recently is uh, also
6: the blurring of boundaries between art and
1: design Mm -hmm. and it's like so do you you feel there's a a distinct difference between art
6: Uh, and design now you're talking you see i think art has got no limits but design has limits so design has a budget design has a client art has no budget and has tends to not have a client so there's the difference yes Full stop. Uh, yep. No, that's so no, no fancy <laughs> in that. So art is a beautiful painting. Oh, we, can, we can stop with this no now. Limits, <laughs> with no limits. Design has got a set budget, a set deadline, a set schedule, and all that.
1: And a problem to solve. And a
6: problem to solve. Yeah. Whereas art, art has no problem. Yep. It's conceptual. Yes.
1: That's, that's a nice, concise way of doing but, but,
6: it. But there, there are definitely blurring lines. So good design has, yes. uh, has art, and good art has an element of design.
7: Anita Ferrari. Um I my parents are Italian, but I was born in Oxford.
0: And you now live in St Andrews? Yeah. Cool. When you think of design, what do you think of? Uh
7: buildings and cars
0: and that. And is is design something that you would an area you'd want to work in when you grow like when you're older? No. <laughs> no. Okay. That's interesting. So why? Why not?
7: Because I don't find it fun.
0: Okay. So why? What? Am what I about just, it isn't fun?
7: Uh, maybe uh, my teachers kind of shout at us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> about design.
7: Yeah, she doesn't like any logos that we make.
1: Oh really? Does your Does your teacher have a design background?
7: I don't think so.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's the thing. Everything, everyone has their own opinion and thoughts on design. It doesn't mean anyone's necessarily right or or wrong. It's quite subjective.
1: I've I've seen some uh, I've seen some logos that I I would wouldn't have liked that have been very successful. <laughs> uh,
8: yeah, I'm Rebecca. I'm from Edinburgh.
0: So what does design mean to you?
8: I think design for me is something that aesthetically looks pleasing, or good design anyway, is something that aesthetically looks pleasing, that has kind of a function, a purpose, but also looks good as well. So it's kind of having all of those things kind of in one, I suppose.
0: Do you, I mean, do you see a difference between design and art?
8: Yes, I would say, I would say so, yeah, but I, it's kind of a difficult one because it's, it's difficult to actually pinpoint exactly what the difference is, which is presumably why you're doing this podcast. Oh. <laughs> um, I think that with art, it doesn't have to be functional. Design is something that's also functional, so there's an added function onto it. like the main purpose is not the aesthetics. Whereas with design. Uh, sorry, with art, the main the main function is kind of either how it looks or to make a statement, you know, or to express something. Whereas design's more than that; it does those things as well, but it also has to be functional. I think for me, that's the kind of key difference between them.
7: Um, I'm Kira. I'm part of the VA Dundee Young People's Collective. I'm also studying MFA Art and Humanities at Duncan of Jordanston College of Art and Design.
9: Um, I'm Miriam Dini. I'm also part of V&A's Young People's Collective. And I'm fourth year business management student. So,
1: what is design to you?
9: For me, design has always been something technical made into the visual and kind of more aesthetically pleasing
7: Yeah, um, I agree I think design's all around us as well you know, the clothes you're wearing the building that you're in um, you know, it's something that brings people together as well and Dundee is obviously a, a city that's really well known for, for design.
1: So do, do, you see, do you see a difference between art and design or do you see them as sort of same thing?
7: I think there are crossovers really um, but I think, again, design is, I think, really technical and it has a specific purpose to it, whereas I think art could could be pretty much anything and design can also be art as well, but I think art is something that's, it's not um, as specific as, as design, it doesn't have a specific uh, purpose for it, I don't think.
9: Um, Well, for me, the difference between art and design is similar to Kira's in that I think design's a little bit more rigid. Um, But then saying that you look at kind of classical paintings and then people kind of debunking the mathematics behind them and how this line is very straight and how the circle's very round and very circular. Um, So I guess that's where the crossover comes in. But to me, I feel like... Art is the overall umbrella, and then things like design and whatnot come under that umbrella. I feel like if we think about it in that way, then it's more easier to define if we were to define it. So, mm-hmm. if,
0: if design sits under the art umbrella, would you say that all designers are then, therefore, artists as well?
9: Um, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. they're still going through a creative process. And they're still expressing something through that design. I guess design is like a supermodel and art is like a drag queen.
0: <laughs> okay, do you want to explore that <laughs> a little bit more? I'm interested in that analogy. Right, okay.
9: Like, supermodel isn't like, you know, you're running down the runway, you have to do things specific, you need to look a certain way for, like, your f- the designer who's designed the clothes and whatnot, and you walk a certain way, you have a certain face. And you're still expressing what you're wearing with that attitude, the catwalk look. Whereas when you go to a drag show, when you see drag shows, it's quite badam, like, in your face. Like, that sort of thing. Like, they're both doing the same thing, whereas one's a bit more extra.
0: Like, a little sauce on top. So, in a roundabout way, are you saying that design is much more clinical and functional and art is much more expressive...
9: I don't know. Um, it's just that that's just the way I see it, like that's, for example, with design, you can see like the clear cut kind of lines with it, whereas with art is quite blurred.
7: Art is what you can make it and you can sort of make it up as you go along as well. <laughs> so I think with with design, you know, it, it's specific to to the brief or or what it, it has to be precise, I think, in a, in a way. I think, like what you said at the beginning, that art's like an umbrella for these other yeah. disciplines. It is really because you've got music, you've got literature, and they're all sort of classes. Arts, you've got theatre, you know. So I'd say, you know, that's probably the most, the you know, the conclusion that makes sense is that art's just a the
1: umbrella. Umbrella. Yeah. Where, where does the where does the term creative fit into that as a as a as an umbrella or a
9: um, well, creative is the sky that's releasing the rains of creativity onto your art umbrella and then you pick up the droplets.
1: I like your analogies. It's <laughs> a nice analogy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was episode three. Thank you to everyone involved, um, all the people um, who made the recordings at the v happen, all the people who were actually recorded and contributed their thoughts and opinions and obviously Beth Bate from DCA as well for coming on.
1: I think it's worth saying, you know, these are conversations that we're having as we kind of have them in our, in our little studio and um, there's obviously a lot more to a lot of these conversations than we maybe get to cover. So if you want to kind of you know, add to that, please, please do so. You know, on our, our Facebook social media channels, Twitter, uh, etc. We're more than happy to have that conversation um, at Agency of None.
0: That's us. Well reminded. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, I mean that's it for this episode. Um, I suppose that's it for this year as well.
1: And maybe maybe worth saying that uh, you know, I'm tempting fate here in case something gets in our way. But the next episode will be from
0: Helsinki. That's the plan. So as of January, we're planning to go out to Helsinki to speak to some really interesting people about there and about the city and about how things work in a design context.
1: Yep. So um, we shall look forward to joining you from the snowy tundras of, of Finland. Yeah. So until then,
2: push the button.